Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Alrighty, we're here in the studio, the Zoom studio, the Zoom room, the Zoom room, boom, 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 um, boom, in the Zoom room. So far, we've been getting some good feedback. We did the um, episodes recently on the overturning of Roe versus Wade. So if you guys have not listened to that, that was a good long episode. And we did a couple other ones on um, perception of strong women, overly, quote, overly confident women. Cordy does such a good job with the uh, titles and the show notes. She really does. I'm like, I want to listen to that, even though I <laughs> am the one who... <laughs> I was there the first time. Yeah, no, she really does. A great yeah, job. I'm like, it. oh, this sounds really compelling. All right. Um, <laughs> so good job, Courtney. I know she's listening to this. Uh, what are we talking about today? So today, this kind of came out from a post in the group. We're going to talk about food sharing and just food. You know, we've noticed our episodes about food body image are really popular. So we know that this is hitting like a, a spot with y'all. I don't know if it's a trigger or not, but it's something interesting. And, um, so Lauren shout out, Lauren posted in the Facebook group, just about, uh, reading an article about David Beckham. And in the 20 years, however long he's been married to Victoria Beckham, she only shared food with him one time. And he said it was when she was pregnant and it was like one of the best nights of his life, which made (laughs) me kind of laugh, but she just mentioned how she thought, you know, food isn't always just about fuel. It's a way to Mm -hmm. connect with people. It's a way to, um, yeah, it's a way to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and I was, I wasn't sure to even talk about this. Cause I was telling Jill right before we turned on the record, uh, I was like, I've never had a hard time sharing food with people, but there's been times in my life where I haven't necessarily looked at it as a way to connect. I have looked at it as just fuel and just eat to just get something in my body and, you know, get nutrients and, well, and when on. you were competing, I'm interested when you were competing, did you not, not that anyone would want your food fucking oh. diet foods, disgusting, but oh. like, would you have like an allotted amount of protein that like, it was like you weighed everything. So what if at the time your husband had come over and tried to take a bite of your (laughs) four ounces of chicken, what would you have done? Yes, definitely. Definitely. That would have been a thing. Yeah, I did. Everything was weighed and there wasn't a lot of amount. So if somebody took the amount that I was going to have, there definitely would have been like a world war. I know I I had this client who, um, one time we were, she was getting ready for a show and she, it's like a week out from her show. And she literally almost stabbed her husband's hand (laughs) with a fork as he was like coming in to like, I don't even know why anyone would want like dry ass turkey breast, but like he was coming in for a bite and she like almost stabbed his hand with a fork. Oh my God. Um, it is so interesting though, because, you know, like, let's say for macros, people are counting macros and back in the day, it wasn't called if you count your macros, but basically it was the same thing. Um, you know, there were certain, I was trying to hit certain, certain amount of carbs, certain amount of protein, certain amount of fats a day. And so it was all very, very regimented. So yeah, if somebody came and, you know, tried to steal my food, but it was interesting because I always brought my food everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it was made specifically <laughs> for me and now, and I guess there is a big flip. And so I have to get back into the old, you know, 2007 to 2010 Danny mindset, I guess of, 
where I was then, because it's hard. Cause I was actually, as I was saying it, I'm like, I always share, but that's been really more recent. I was going to say, I think, so if you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, yes, I hate sharing food. And I, we run up on this all the time. This is one of the things we teach in mod 365, but when people say they don't share food, typically it's because they have done some sort of restriction or some sort of dieting. So anyone who just like eats normally eats like moderately doesn't ever have an issue with sharing food. And so, and I can say that because I was someone who was very, um, strict and very restricted and very like depriving in my food to the point where like, so I don't know, did you ever have a cheat meal? Did you like, did you have cheat meals or cheat treats or something like that? I never really did. I didn't. <laughs> you were so, you were I so should. fucking regimented. I had, I had a treat meal. I like, was, but also, week. also to that point though, I was so scared if I had one, I would not stop. So I was one of those, like, if I have one treat meal, then I'll just keep going. So it was like, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have that, had that where a treat meal would turn into a cheat day, yeah. right? Would cheat into a turn cheat weekend. Yeah. Um, definitely had that. But I remember for a period of time, I was getting this. Um, I would go, it was every Sunday, and I lived for this. I would go to this grocery store that had these big bins, you know, of candy. You guys have seen these like bulk candy. And I would get Reese's Pieces, which was, and if you were an OG Jill Fit follower, you probably even remember this. I think it's even on my website. I have like a little video of me like making this thing, but I would go and get sugar-free frozen yogurt and I would get an allotted amount of Reese's Pieces. And I just loved like the, I could not like, I would always think about the bins and like dream about them and like, oh my God, it's just the best. And I would mix the Reese's Pieces in the frozen yogurt. And that was it. But I remember this one time I came home and I was married at the time and I had my bag and my ex-husband picked up my bag of Reese's and ate a huge handful of my allotted amount. I kid you not. I started crying, like crying to the point where he was like, what's wrong? And I was like, that was for me. Like I, (laughs) I earned it. Right. Like, so if you're still in that sort of like, I need to earn my food, I need to earn my treats, I need to earn my cheats, like you probably typically do hate sharing food because if it's just, if yeah. you're a normal eater, if you're eating mindfully and moderately, you, you realize that you can just get fucking more food. Like it's not this one amount one time. So from then on, and this is also dysfunctional, but that was my wake up call. Yeah. But I had this moment where I was like, okay, well, if he's going to take my allotted amount, then I'm just going to preemptively get him his own. So then every time I went from then on, I would get like, so when he'd try to like take a handful of mine, I would like whip a bag at, at him. I was like, this is yours. <laughs> like you take yours. But it's funny because it's dysfunctional. I mean, like, think about it like that. Like, you know, there's always more food. So I know one of the things you, you and Jeff do is share food, but this is actually a tool. So one of the three, we have like actually four pillars in Mod 365 that we teach people. It's moderation, mindfulness, uh, daily nutritional commitments. And the last one is abundance mindset around food. So if you ever said to yourself, I hope there's enough, I don't know if there's going to be enough for me. If you've ever been like scared that like you're going to a party, there's not enough protein. Like if you have that like kind of food scarcity, food anxiety, one of the things to help people overcome that is the tool is sharing food. And it's so hard for people who have a history of being deprived or being a dieter or whatever, because they just, that's their amount, right? They like don't get any more. There's this feeling like, like the food is finite. And so we teach you how to share and it's really hard, but this is how we do it. We call it surfing the disappointment. (laughs) 
it's so stew, it's so fucking granular, but really that's what we call it. So like we literally say, if you're out to dinner, you're out to a restaurant somewhere, even just at home, you force yourself to say to whoever you're with, do you want to try it? Or do you want to sip? Or do you want to bite? And inside you don't want them to say yes, right? You're like, please don't say yes. Please don't say yes. And then if they're like, sure, you're like, okay, you're like grit your teeth. And you just have the experience of the person taking a bite, taking a sip or whatever. And then there's like this little tiny bit of disappointment that happens for like 30 seconds, right? This like 20 seconds, that's what we call it surfing, surfing disappointment. Like, mm. oh, like, oh, I wanted that. But what happens is, is always there's either enough for you still, right? Because your eyes are bigger than your stomach, right? So typically there's still enough for you. And, or we say, if you want more, just order more, just yeah. go get more. So one of the things that I know you and I both do, and I know Jeff does as well, is like, if we're at a restaurant, we just order something and we go, let's start with that. With in mind, we can always get more and auto order more if we want to. And so this is, I know this is really granular, but this is actually a mindfulness practice, right? This is mm -hmm. helping us overcome this feeling of scarcity. So when you can reiterate to yourself that there's more where that came from, and that this isn't this only finite amount I can have, like Reese's pieces are everywhere. If I want more, I can fucking go to the store and get more right now. And this all comes in, goes under this umbrella of like food scarcity, food anxiety, and like food FOMO, right? Food mm -hmm. FOMO. This is grandma's special apple pie that she only makes once a year. So I have to have it because I have to wait a whole year. And it's like, well, what if you just didn't have it? I mean, you have it if you want to, but like, do you have to have it because it's special? Can't you just fucking go get an apple pie like down right. the street anytime? So it's this feeling of abundance. And it's so funny that someone brought this up because it's whenever you mention it, people are like, I hate sharing food. And I kind of feel like it's dysfunctional. Like at the end of the day, food, we should not be putting food on the pedestal like that, I think. Yeah, I think it's um, dysfunctional relationship with food and scarcity, I think is a big reason people don't like sharing. I also met um, a gal who was like a only child. And so she never had to share. So she was really weird about it. Mm. And it's just one of those things where I'm at the point now where I've hung out with you and your family and my boyfriend enough where I literally will expect if I have something, I don't care if someone reaches over and grabs something off my plate or if I do it to them. And I think that with this girl, I was going to do that. I was like going to take a fry and she got really fucking weird. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, oh, okay. So sorry. And it's interesting to see that like guarding of, and not wanting to give it, give it up because I, I feel like into Lauren's point here, it's a way to connect with people. It's a way to share and have a moment. And, you know, Jill and I, we used to go to brunch every Sunday when I was living in LA with her brother and her now sister-in-law. And it was such a fun way to connect. And often we just ordered the same things, but there was times where we're like, Hey, I want to try this. I want to try this. Let's both order. It. And then we could just try each other's food and just pass it around and see what we like. And that, that was a fun way to connect. It was, it was open conversation. It was just, you know, flowing. And I just feel like looking back, if each person was like guarding their food or ordering only mm -hmm. what they wanted and not sharing, it would have changed mm -hmm. the dynamic and the enjoyment of the entire meal. Yep. And it's not, it's not even about the meal. I think sometimes it's not even about the food. It's literally the conversation. It's the socialization. It's just having that. And I had a and I was, I was saying this to you right before, not really, a an argument with Jeff about it, but early on when we met, you know, he really associates food with enjoyment and an experience and fun and 
connection. And for me, for the most part, historically, it's just been like a thing to do. Cause I don't like to cook and I don't like to spend a lot of time doing anything. Like I don't like to wait in lines, anything that takes time. I'm just like, whatever, like, give me, give me a plain ass sandwich. I don't care. But he would like want to toast the bread and put like some aioli on it and make it all fancy, which is great. And I love that but I also am, I'm going to do that shit. So we, we had this kind of debate over is food just fuel or is food for enjoyment? And I think it's both. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes I'm just like, it just gets the job done. If I'm hungry, I just want the thing. Like, give me a fucking protein bar. I don't give a shit. But so I think there's a, um, a big, I don't know, range. Yeah. I love that because I do think it is, uh, it can be like fun too and enjoyment. But I think if you historically, like maybe me and you who like, we were mostly deprived, mostly eating diet food, mostly eating like clean that when you do have something off the plan, you want it to be worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. How many times have you been like, I'm going to break my diet to have a piece of this cookie. And then you're like, it wasn't even worth it. You know? So it's like, almost like you don't want to waste your calories on something that's just not delicious, you know? So I think that's like, also recognize that and go, why isn't all of, why isn't, why don't I have something delicious every day? Yeah. Why do I have to wait until Sunday? Like I was doing to have something delicious instead. Why don't you still be healthy and have something that tastes delicious on a Monday or a Tuesday or Wednesday, right? It doesn't have to be this like special occasion all the time. And I think for me, I start to notice in myself and in my clients that they were putting food up on pedestals, Mm. like, okay, I have to have this thing. And they were really like ritualizing food, which is fine. Especially if you're listening to this and you are a foodie or you are someone who like loves to try different food, or maybe you love to cook. It is an experience for you, but I think you have to toe the line between like, am I obsessive and are these behaviors neurotic about food or can I enjoy it, have a couple of bites and move on with my life? Mm -hmm. And I think at this point, you and I, and it's funny because I was just thinking about sharing food. You and I, every time we go get drinks, we always order different cocktails and we love trying each other's cocktails. Let me try that. Like, cause it's always just like so fun. We're here in LA, there's a lot of craft cocktails and Vegas, lots of craft cocktails. And so- And I know you and Jeff now share food. And so Keith and I always order two entrees, but we always decide together which two we're going to order. So, and then we literally like halfway through, we just swap plates and then like, you know, we'll just, or swap back so that we can have the experience of like, I want to try multiple things. And I'm never like our bites need to be even like, you know what I mean? He eats a lot more than I do. I'm never like, okay, but that half is for me. Like, it's just like, we just both eat at the same time and he eats faster and he eats more. And it just is what it is. And I'm never not satisfied. Yeah. I'm never leaving the restaurant being like, I didn't have enough. Yeah. That's how we do too. We're like, okay, what do we, what are the things you're looking at that you're kind of wanting? And they're usually pretty similar. I'm like, I kind of want to try this or this. So then we're like, let's just get both. And then we can have both and then we can split it and just eat it. Like I'll order this one. You guys get like, you guys get usually get like a handful of appetizers and just like split those. And then that's nice because number one, you probably save a little bit of cash. And also you can always order more. Yeah. You know, you always keep that in the back of your mind. I don't, I can't think of one time that I was like, okay, I'll order more if I need it. And then I actually did need more. I mean, typically you're just more hungry than, you know, than you can actually fit in your stomach. Yeah. It's, it's just so interesting, you know, and I, I feel like another reason maybe the food sharing is something is opposite of a an only child is someone who grew up in a big family. Right. Who's I know that this, <laughs> yeah, I think we're the people and I know Jeff kind of had a sim, similar thing. He he's an only child, but he 
was living in a group home for a long time with a bunch of boys. So he's like, when there was mealtime, everybody would run and you'd have to scoop it out or you might not get enough. So there's been some patterns to break there. And he's, you know, I think the, the moderation 365 kind of mindset has helped there, but there's this, it goes back to the abundance mindset of, you know, maybe you were growing up in a household like that, or at a dorm or living with a bunch of people, or you had a big family, but if you're not now, you don't have to keep doing that. And it's kind of just the old mindset of maybe our parents or grandparents who were in the depression, who were like, you have to clear everything off your plate because there's not enough to go around or because there's kids starving in China. Right. Well, those are also mindsets that we need to break because us not eating everything that has nothing to do with the kids starving in Africa or China or wherever right. they're starving. And you know, I, I think back to, you can always order more. I think even now when I serve myself a plate, I serve myself smaller servings. I used to just heap Same. things on right. and now I just start with a smaller amount and then I can go back for more. And I feel like that is a little bit of an easier process makes me also not feel as bad about throwing food away because that can be a thing too, of not wasting. So if it's not on your plate and half eaten, you can always package it up and save yep. it for another time. Totally. No, I, I think that's so great. I remember going back to being a kid, I always remember, cause I was so active. I was always so much more active than like my peers because I was always playing a billion sports and running around and whatever. And I remember just being starving all the time. And so I went to a babysitter my, like when I was in grade school, went to a babysitter and there was like two or three other girls in my grade. And it was one of her moms was doing daycare. So we were at her house and every day after school, we would get a Dixie cup filled with whatever cereal or just whatever snack, like cheese balls, whatever, just like, but a Dixie cup. And I remember just polishing it off and then looking around at the other girls and being like, how is no one else still starving? You know? And so then you, you get this feel and like, that's real, that's physiology, right? I'm not like, I need more cheese balls because they're delicious. I'm like, I'm still hungry. Yeah. So I think also one of the things to look at is also your activity level. Like if you're doing, if you're listening to this and you're doing a ton of cardio, that's going to jack up your hunger and cravings like crazy. So one of the things that really, and I remember when I was dieting and I was kind of doing, still doing about two hours of cardio a day. Um, I remember my ex-husband said to me, Jill, well, you probably wouldn't be as hungry and have the cravings you have for chocolate if you didn't do as much exercise. And I remember being like, I know, but also I've been starving my entire life. Like, so even if I do cut back on exercise, what if I'm still starving and then I overeat and then I'm not doing enough exercise anymore. Right. Oh my God. Yes. But what happened was I completely I went to Europe for nine weeks and I was going through some stuff in my marriage, went through to Europe for nine weeks and literally I didn't exercise the entire time. And you know what happened? My hunger went way the fuck down, way down. And I remember being like, I can't believe that it worked. <laughs> like, cause I never believed it. Right. I was yes. super active doing so much exercise. So when it, so if you do find yourself constantly being hungry, constantly having cravings, chances are you're either doing too much exercise or you're cutting calories too low and you're depriving yourself. That's in it. Like the people who have a healthy metabolism aren't starving all the time. In fact, chances are they're very in tune with their hunger, their cravings, their energy, things like that. And I, I know for you and I, like we pretty much eat the same and we're like, oh, I'm starting to get hungry we should probably eat something in the next hour, right? Yeah. I'm not like, I'm starving right now. What is there? And like grabbing whatever, you know, we're like, cool. I'm probably going to want to eat here in the next 30, 60 minutes. And then we yeah. come up with a plan that's fairly healthy. That's moderate. That is also delicious. It's not like we're running to McDonald's because it's like, you know, or we're like grabbing the closest thing. It's like, there's mindfulness there. You can surf that, that hunger, you can feel it. I always say there's a difference between fighting hunger and feeling hunger. Fighting hunger is like white knuckling it, right? If you're, if you've ever done fasting, 
maybe you've done intermittent fasting before. You're like, oh my God, I just have to get to noon. That's not like, that's not mindfulness, right? That's de- yeah. deprivation. Mindfulness is more like, oh, I'm starting to get hungry. Probably going to want to eat here in the next like hour or so. And then you come up with a healthy plan. So that's feeling hunger. It doesn't mean you automatically need to grab the closest like disgusting treat or cheat or whatever. You can surf it. You can still feel it and then have the mindfulness and then put together a plan of uh, how you're going to satisfy yourself. I love those two analogies, feeling and fighting. And I also love that you shared this story um, about, oh my God. Cutting back on exercise. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I just, because well, it's a cycle, right? Cause you no. go, well, if I cut back on exercise and what if I still eat a ton? It was exactly how I felt. And I was hungry all the time too. And I felt the same way. I thought, I literally thought this is my life. I just am always hungry and I'll never stop eating. Yep. And so, and the thought of cutting back, like, this is the reason I exercise is because I eat so much and I eat so much and it just, it's a feed weird forward cycle. It is. And so I'm really glad you brought that up because I think it's really relatable, especially to women here who maybe are just used to literally feeling like I'm always hungry this has been my life. And maybe as a child too, I did as well. And I think that could be, if we just think, because it's been our experience that we're always hungry because we have been historically that if we cut back, it's going to continue. It it won't, it but it does, it does feel that way in your brain and you do and have it's to scary, right? Cause you're like, well, what if I cut back on exercise and I still then eat all that I'm eating? Yeah. Then I have to wake up and then I have to do more cardio, right? And then you just keep perpetuating that cycle and you never give your metabolism a chance to like sort of auto-regulate. I couldn't you know, believe that it happened and I didn't gain weight. Like I wasn't, you know, I, might, I looked a little bit different because I wasn't lifting weights. It looked like a little softer, but I didn't like blow up. I didn't yeah. like overeat. It actually did start to work and I couldn't believe it. I actually found something for myself. And this also goes back to knowing yourself and trying something and see what works for you. Cause not everything works for everyone. Your example of intermittent fasting. That's great for some people. Others wake up, jump out of bed and they're hungry. They're like, I need breakfast. So I think there's a matter of seeing what works for you, trying something. And if it's not working, don't do it. You don't need to do intermittent fasting. If it doesn't work for you, you don't need to wake up and have your first meal be breakfast. I, I used to believe that, um, and teach people breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You got to get it to get your metabolism going. Um, and there's just so many things that don't work. So for example, one thing that did not work for me was I used to read about doing cardio first thing on an empty stomach. Well, anytime I did that the rest of the day, I literally felt like I could never eat enough those days. It would, it didn't matter if I ate breakfast right after, then I felt so hungry through lunch. I mean, the whole day was just completely off and I was miserable. And I realized that morning fasted cardio does not work for me. It makes me feel miserable all day long. And so I don't do it. And if, if it works for you and you feel really great and it makes you energized, fantastic. But if you're miserable the rest of the day, because you burn so many calories in the morning, your body's trying to catch up or whatever it's doing, don't do it. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter truthfully what time you do it and how you're doing it. It's just work with your body. Cause I think anytime you're fighting your own physiology, that's when we get into trouble. So Nailed you can it. read, read all the books and, and learn all the right things to do. I'm putting finger quotes on, right. But your body's going to tell you what it needs and you just have to learn to tune in and listen. That's it. You have to learn to tune in. I'm so glad you said I fucking nailed it because that's really what it is. I, I work with a lot of people who are like, I wake up and I'm not hungry, but I force myself to eat because I'm supposed to, or they count macros and at night they're not hungry anymore, but they have to eat another 20 grams of protein because it's on their macro sheet. I'm like, no, go the fuck to bed. It's fine. Right. Like it's okay to go to bed and not hit your macros. If you're not like, why would you stuff food down your throat? If you're not hungry, trust yourself to then 
manage the rest of the day. I think yeah. a lot of people maybe save calories, quote, air quotes, save calories earlier in the day. Cause like, well, I'm not super hungry, so I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. And they try to save calories and then they overeat at night, you know? So I think, but trust yourself like to feel like you, you said, you have to feel hunger and you have to feel cravings. And if you have a history of dieting, chances are you lost touch with those sensations a long time ago. Maybe you have just been starving all the time. Maybe you've been craving constantly. So you, when I say to you eat when you're hungry, you're like, Jill, I'm starving all the time. <laughs> like I I'm hungry all the time. Then you probably need to do a diet break. You probably need to like cut back on your exercise. You probably need to do some walks and you just sleep your ass off. You need to like, you know, really just stop counting, stop measuring. I know that stuff is scary, but like, you know, I mean, a little plug for the moderate 365 program, but like, you probably need to do something like that to get back to maintenance, right? The goal can't be to lose weight constantly and cut calories constantly. Like your body doesn't keep responding that way. Like when Danny said, listen to your own physiology, so many of us lost touch with those signals that we have to relearn them. And so that's why that mindfulness practice of like, when I said, you know, I'm starting to get hungry. I'll probably want to eat in the next hour. That's a mindfulness prompt. Just that, that phrase alone gives you an indication of how you're feeling. And then we teach people in mod 365, how to practice those things, how to know how to check in because so many of us have lost this sensation or we're just starving all the time or we're craving all the time. But in order to understand your physiology, you really have to like sort of unlearn a lot of dieting rules. Yeah. I love that you have that program because it is so counterintuitive and hearing practice or listen. I remember these intuitive eating coaches and I'd see their posts. I'm like, just eat when you're hungry. I used, I used to pull my hair out at that. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Right. Either I had suppressed what hunger felt like for so long, or I was always hungry. So I was like, it's, it's, I can't, I'm either not hungry ever because I've either convinced myself, I don't know what it feels like, or I'm hungry all the time. And so those kind of things didn't make any sense to me. So when you can break it down and give people ways to practice and ways to tune into it, it's life-changing. Like literally that this stuff is life-changing. I was thinking about how much freedom I have now just by being able to go out to eat with people and have conversations and actually have conversations and be present. I know whenever I think about like your birthday's coming up and I'm sure we'll go to beauty in Essex or something like that. And I'm just thinking about these times, like we've had so many great times at these restaurants and really just good conversations and fun and drinks and ordering things and not stressing about it. And all of the times that I didn't do that. And I feel like I missed out on these experiences. And even in the past, when I was going through these, this obsession, I may have gone out to dinner with people, but I was not there. Like I wasn't present. I remember just sitting back thinking about the cardio I'd have to do or the food I'd have to eat when I got home. Cause I couldn't eat enough there or, you know, the exercise I'd have to do to compensate. I'm not listening to the conversation. I'm not having a good time. It would just be kind of like, almost like you're staring at your phone and somebody's talking to you and you're just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. It was like me, although I wasn't staring at my phone, I was just in my fucking head yep. on all of the things I should be doing. And so I wasn't right. ever present. So this kind of stuff y'all is really, really life-changing. And if you feel like these are things you need to work on, please do. And look into some of these programs or even, yeah, even our, um, happiness diet program. There's a lot of mindfulness stuff in there too. That will help. So 
Yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm so glad you said that because I totally relate to that where you're sitting there just literally thinking about the food that's on the table, how much longer you have to be there. You're white knuckling it like to not have anything because you don't trust yourself. If you even have a bite of it, like you're, you're just like, that's all bets are off. And so I think, yeah, the fact that you said that, if you recognize that in yourself, I can tell you like when Danny and I are at dinner, we're at a nice place. We're with Jeff or with Keith, or whatever. I'm not even thinking about the food. It's like, it tastes delicious, but the emphasis is not even on the food. So at the end of the meal, I'm not like, did I eat enough? Did I get enough protein? How many grams do you think that was? Like, I don't even know. I could have a small portion, a big portion. I don't even know because it's not about the food. And you're probably pacing yourself a little bit better too, because you're having conversation, you're having drinks. You're like, you know, I mean, you're just not focused on the food. And mm-hmm. I think if you can take, and I've said it a couple of times this episode, take food off that pedestal to where like everything in your life just revolves around all of your meal timing and all of your uh, counting and all of your measuring. And this is so hard because oftentimes you don't know you're there until you're already in so deep. Then you look up and you're like, yes, you have to have the awareness. And I had this too. It was like, I was the, when I was crying because Jade took my candy, I had an, a realization of like, this is not healthy. This is not. And I, while I still felt like I couldn't do anything right away, cause I was still in that dieting space. I did have the awareness of like, okay, this isn't normal. <laughs> this is, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to have this life. And it did take me probably another like year to really commit to moderation and mindfulness. So you'll know, like you'll know when you know, and it, and when you're ready, you'll be ready and the tools are out there. So we did do an episode similar to this a couple of episodes ago. And Danny and I both said, for those of you who maybe don't trust that this is possible for you, you know, just want to reiterate that it absolutely is because everything that maybe you're going through both of us, one of us, if not both of us have gone through that exact headspace, uh, that exact sort of dieting mindset, that exact sort of food obsession, it is possible, but you do have to have the courage to try something else to share your food, try it, create a show of evidence that there's still enough for you. Yeah. I love it. Well, I hope you love love this episode. And if you have more food stuff, I know you guys really pun intended eat eat these up. (laughs) I know y'all really eat these out, these ones up, but if you have different, um, like ideas on these topics that are more specific or a little bit more nuanced, let us know, because this is something that I think sometimes we forget about because we're on the other side of it, but I know that not everyone's in that place yet. And I think that there's a lot of conversations we can still have. So if we're missing anything, absolutely uh, DM us on Instagram at the best life podcast, or go in the Facebook group at the best life podcast.com and post in there and share. And we love y'all. And we'll see you on the next episode. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.